This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This is a hit. I'm Jesse Cole, your host of Business Done Differently, where we get to meet successful people who look at business differently, and we get to know them in a different way. When you pay attention to what people tell you, and then you read between the lines, you listen for what they don't tell you, Jesse. When I'm not working, I love to um, grow orchids, right? So I'm always, always listening for kind of what they're talking about. And often we need to tune in before the sales conversation, because I feel like that little bit of small talk, when we first meet someone at a networking event or sitting in someone's office, they share so much. And then you, what you can do is make an note of that. With our people and our teams, fans first, as soon as the interview process, we actually start asking lots of questions. You know, their favorite food, their favorite drinks, the things that they love just to start in the interview process. So we know that about our employees. Today's guest is Neen James, our first ever Aussie on the show. She rides a Harley, has a ton of sass, and is a professional speaker and a published author of eight books, including Amazing, Creating Moments That Matter, and her new book coming out right now, Attention Pays. I am pumped to have you on the show, Neen. You are speaking my language. Welcome to Business Done Differently. G'day, Jesse. What a treat to be able to serve your listeners. My God, you've had so many rock stars on this podcast. I feel honored to be in their company. <laughs> well, we're going to have a fun. You're the first Australian on the show, so I know it's going to get a little, it's going to get a lot of fun here. And, you know, I want to start with, you know, I heard you say, I'm obsessed with getting the world to pay attention. How have you got the world to pay attention to you? You know, it's great because you and I share this passion that attention is a marketing strategy, right? Especially for entrepreneurs. Mm. And so what's interesting about attention is, I think we have to give attention to get attention. So for me, Jesse, it's always about paying attention and doing things just a little bit differently so you can grab the attention of others. And then by default, honey, it ends up coming back to you. So I'm all about giving first. Mm, I love it. So what are some of those things that you've done to give? Because I'm so intrigued by how you've created so much attention for your brand. You know, some of it I didn't even mean to do, right? So um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know my love of uh, champagne. And what's interesting about that is it's just my drink and I love it and I've always loved it and I've always drunk it. But but somehow, Jesse, it became part of my brand, which is hilarious, right? And so clients ask me about it. They send it to me, which I never mind. And also, too, I love fabulous shoes. And so, and if they have red bottoms, all the better. Now there's an attention grabbing strategy yes. like Christian de Bhutan. How smart was he that he put red paint on the bottom of his shoes and now they're these crazy icons. So I love things that are beautiful. And I think I'm attracted to things that are beautiful and experiences. But let me tell you about a situation where I really used attention to drive business. So my biggest account, when I first moved here from Australia, I had no clients. I had no money to buy shoes, which is tragedy. <laughs> and so what I did was I sent a jar of peanut butter and jelly to one of the most senior executives at Comcast Cable in their Philadelphia office. And you know what? I ended up getting the business from a jar of peanut butter and jelly. So, so how did you, uh, you, you send a jar of peanut butter and jelly? Well, how did you know? Did they, did they just tell you that they liked peanut butter and jelly? 
I did a little bit of a stealth kind of research. So I had connected with the human resources director and I had volunteered to speak for a phenomenal group called City Year. Now, City Year is kind of like the Peace Corps for kids. And so they had asked me whether I would speak for free. So remember, it was for free and I'm a paid keynoter for free to work with these young kids. And I was like, absolutely. And my job was to teach them how to market themselves. How do they get attention when they get out of school and when they're you know in college and they're going for a job? How do I help them market themselves? So I was like, absolutely. And then I said, can you tell me who's the executive in charge of learning and development? She said, oh, that's that guy over there. And I said, uh, what's his favorite thing to eat? And she said, you know what's really funny, Neen? He has all these fancy sandwiches around him, but his favorite sandwich is peanut butter and jelly. And I thought to myself, aha, now I'm Australian. We do not eat peanut butter and jelly. I can think of nothing more revolting. See, then we have Vegemite. That's kind of revolting. So I would never make anyone eat Vegemite unless you've grown up with it as a kid. It's just like I do not I do not advocate for that. I know that makes me very un-Australian, Jesse. <laughs> so, but peanut butter and jelly. So then I went to the store. I bought a jar. I found out his address in the building, and I sent him a note, and I said, what if you'd ever like to have lunch, I'd love to have lunch with you. Let's have peanut butter and jelly. And he was blown away. That jar sat on his desk for like three weeks, and he said so many people came up to him and said, why do you have a jar of peanut butter and jelly on your desk? Well, fast forward, they are one of my biggest accounts, and I still joke with him today over 10 years later about peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I love that. See, Nina, I think what's great is that you shared in the beginning that you share what you love. You know, you love champagne and shoes and all that, but very few people actually go out of their way to share what they love. And I, I think, I don't know if that's holding people back in entrepreneurs, but, you know, I started sharing how much I love P.T. Barnum and I've been getting sent commemorative magazine issues and books and articles about P.T. Barnum because I think people want to share and give gifts. But how do you get that out of people? Because, it's such a great tool to pay attention to. So you must be loving that The Greatest Showman on Earth is one of the coolest soundtracks <laughs> I've ever heard in my life, oh, right? So 100%. that movie, I mean, good gracious. So I saw that with Mike Anino, one of the greatest improv instructors I've ever worked mm -hmm. with. But he and I like sat there with goosebumps. That movie about P.T. Barnum, I mean, yes. amazing, amazing. Yes. So I think what we need to think about is when you pay attention to what people tell you and then you read between the lines, you listen for what they don't tell you, Jesse, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people will make just a, a kind of like a, a flippant remark or maybe they're just a, 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 a tiny little comment about, you know, picking their kids up from uh, lacrosse because their whole family is into lacrosse. Or maybe they say, I'm so excited, I'm going to New York, I love the theatre. So then you know about the theatre. Or maybe they say... You know, when I'm not working, I love to um, grow orchids, right? So mm. I'm always, always listening for kind of what they're talking about. And often we need to tune in before the sales conversation because I feel like that little bit of small talk when we first meet someone at a networking event or sitting in someone's office, they share so much and then you what you can do is make a note of that. I keep very detailed notes. My brain is not big enough to remember all the things people tell me. I wish I was an audio learner, but I am not. But if you tell me P.T. Barnum's important to you, I write it down. Mm. And then if I see something about P.T. Barnum, I instantly think of Jesse and your beautiful yellow tux, right? <laughs> so that's the connection I make in my brain. And so what I always do too is I will often wonder like, 
bookstores, uh, Marshalls, uh, retail stores. And when I see things and pick up gifts for people, I've always got like this gift box at home, which is so <laughs> crazy, right? But it's like all these things I collect for people. And I was like, oh, I must send that to Jesse. I must send that to Joey Coleman. Like, as you know, Joey Coleman has this fabulous new book coming out called yep. Never Lose a Customer. Yes. And so like Joey has this particular drink that he loves. So whenever Joey's with me, I always make sure I order the drink with an extra cherry, right? So I know that about him. But it's just like a joke, right? And so I always say champagne kisses because I drink champagne. But I will I will quote his drink to him and say, you know, grenadine and Sprite with an extra cherry kisses to you. And we like laugh about it. Does that make sense? 100%. Well, it's like it's the, the little things that you got to pay attention to because they make such a big splash. And it's it's hard, it's hard but you got to keep track of those notes. And I, I think, I mean, what's fascinating to me, it's, it's not all just a one person. And you have a great team with you. And I think when you talked about, I loved hearing you say, do what you love with people you love and places you love. You've built a culture that people are paying attention to others. So it's giving gifts and taking care of people. I'm just really intrigued and fascinated. How do you build that culture? Because for us, with our people and our teams, fans first, as soon as the interview process, we actually start asking lots of questions, you know, their favorite food, their favorite drinks, the things that they love just to start in the interview process. So we know that about our employees. Do you do something similar? How do you learn to build that in your people first? You better believe it. And here's what entrepreneurs can do for their clients. As soon as you meet an entrepreneur, like a client that you want to work with, you say to them, what's the best way to communicate with you? Mm. That's a very cool question to ask them. They'll say email, phone call, text. I have one client. Jesse, they interact with me on Pinterest. I mean, Pinterest is the only reason I go there. It's crazy, right? But when you learn how they want to be interacted with, that communication gives away a lot, right? So one of my very senior executives in uh, Comcast, the only way we talk is through text messaging. And you can be sure he sends me like bazillion texts. But that's how he wants to communicate. Another executive in Viacom, the only way I can get their attention is by phone call. doesn't matter what email or text message is sent. They want to talk live. So we need to understand firstly how people communicate. Mm. And that helps create a culture where you're serving them first. So my team knows, and by the way, my team's not very big, but it's all virtual, right? So my team knows that we have very specific standards. And that means that when, for example, when I serve our audience and I'm a keynote speaker, I will always send a gift to the meeting planner afterwards. There's a particular kind of gift that I send. I'm famous for this particular kind of gift. And I make sure that they get this gift because it's something beautiful. The packaging is amazing. It's something they can use every day. So it's also practical. But my team have this, we have automated the process so that I write the card, that it, my office gets it, they send the gift. The meeting planner always gets it like the next day. We time it so it's right after the event. Does that make sense to you, Jesse? So you can systemize thoughtfulness. And that's how I created a culture of being attentive. It's what I call systemized thoughtfulness. We all just need systems as entrepreneurs. You know, you teased the gift there, Neen. I know you're going to have some more people booking you, but can you give a little bit more of the tease of the gift? It might be in a very famous blue box and it may be from a very famous New York store where Audrey Hepburn may have had breakfast. So I love Tiffany and I think everybody loves to get Tiffany. Even my male clients love to get Tiffany and every Christmas I send my clients Tiffany as well. Now, the reason, now that may sound ridiculous to some people listening, but when you look at my premium brand and I am a premium price tag, my, my gifts also follow that. But in the same respect, I might see some kind of silly little article in a magazine and literally rip it out and send it to a client as here's something I was thinking about. So Tiffany's the top end, right? 
But the bottom end might be a jar of peanut butter and jelly. So it doesn't have to cost a lot when you look for these things to stand out with a client, but it's got to be unique to them. It's got to show you had thought. Now, Tiffany is easy for me because I have a Tiffany account. Everyone loves getting Tiffany and Tiffany will ship it for me. Now, that's just my choice. But yes. there are so many different ways you can take the brand of you. Like you could do something yellow. You could do because everyone knows that beautiful yellow tux that you wear and have made so famous. Um, when you think about what it is that you love, what it is that you do, how you serve your audience in the world, there will be something that comes to mind. Mm. And so I think that we need to really look for little opportunities to constantly be thoughtful, right? And so, yeah, Tiffany is my preference. But not everyone, and believe me, when I first started my company, that was not on my radar. There was no way. I couldn't even buy Tiffany for myself, let alone for my clients. I mean, seriously. Uh, so I think you just got to know where you're at in your business and then know something that your clients would really value and appreciate. And maybe it's just the thoughtfulness of a phone call or a handwritten note. Never underestimate the handwritten note. Oh, 100%. And also videos. You know, we talked about it oh, before. Yeah. You know, just those quick little videos just to show the, your personality, especially, you know, both of us, I know we've been called the Energizer Bunny. You know, show, right. the, show the energy. You can't show it in an email and sometimes even a letter as much as you can show with a video. So we need more videos sent out regularly, I think. Do you do use that as a lot? Yeah. And yeah. the way that I use video is multi-pronged in my practice. So I always do every week I, I issue a video on YouTube. And so you'll see very much around what I'm trying to create this attention revolution. Mm. But whenever I speak for a client, Jesse, I usually do two videos for them. The first video is the one they can use in promo. It's less than two minutes. And it says, I'm so excited to be keynoting your event for Johnson and Johnson. Can't wait to see you guys. Here's some things we're going to talk about. And by the way, let's connect on social media. So that's a really quick promo video for them. The la the second video I send is in relation to a piece of my keynote where I get them to take some action. And then I send a follow-up video to the meeting planner that says, send this out to the team 30 days after we've been together. Mm. And that's another touch point for me with that audience. Mm. It makes the meeting planner look like a rock star. It, it helps me get a bigger reach and more engagement with the community that I'm creating. And so I think video is super powerful. I love it. Other ways I love to use video is as soon as I land, as soon as my plane, uh, the wheels hit the ground or I'm in my hotel room, I do a short little video to the meeting planner that says, Jesse, I've landed. I'm so excited. I'll see you at Soundcheck at 7 a.m. tomorrow. I can't wait to serve your audience. And then I text that to them because one of the biggest concerns of meeting planners is, is my speaker? Like, are they here? You know what I mean? You are but one of the bazillion things they're trying to organize for their event. So I just want to take that concern off their mind. And so video text messaging is really cool. And I also sing happy birthday, not very well, by the way, but I sing happy birthday and I record a video for people that are having birthdays and then I text it to them to clients and friends and mm. fellow speakers and things and they love it, right? And uh. I can't seem to save my life. And I know to your listeners I sound like I'm five, but if you add a zero, you're probably getting closer to age. Um, but you can see that video is powerful and like you said, Jesse, because we are the Energizer Bunny, that is contagious. 100%. And what I love, Neen, it's it's real and it's authentic. And I think a lot of people, I'm sure when you get off the plane, you don't have all the amazing makeup on. You're just yourself. Oh, I look awful. <laughs> I don't, do not look good. But here's the thing. That's also a piece of video to your point. It's real. It's real life. Now, I will have hair and makeup done for being on stage. But if you run into me in the airport or you see me just off stage, it needs to be the exact same person. Maybe not as polished, by the way. Maybe not as glamorous. 
but it's got to be the same. And I think that's a key for attention as well is are you being congruent? Are you constantly being the best version of yourself, the truest version of yourself? Because people notice. Mm, 100%. And what I love too, you know, you have been an unbelievably strong Twitter game. You don't stop on Twitter, all right? You have built a great following. I love it. But one of your tweets that I read, it goes exactly with this point. It says, confidence gets attention. Know yourself, know your team, and know your ideas. And it sounds like you've built that into your whole fabric of your brand. You better believe it. And I... I think I'm one of the most confident people that I know. And that's not an arrogant statement. Please don't misunderstand (laughs) me if you're listening to this. But I walk into a room and I'm like, who wants to play with me? I just assume everybody wants to play with me. I always have. And that confidence has served me as a kid and it's served me as a corporate executive and it's served me as an entrepreneur. (laughs) But what I want other people to realize is confidence shows up in lots of different ways, right? My husband is my exact opposite and he's very much a phenomenal introvert, very thoughtful. Well, I'm thoughtful, but you know what I mean. (laughs) He's very analytical. I'm not. Um, But he's also very confident in the skills he has. You don't have to be the life of the party. You don't have to be the extrovert. You don't have to be the energizer, but I need to be confident. But you need to be confident in your beliefs, in your values, and in the value you add. And if you believe you add value to your clients, to a conversation, to a networking event, to a friendship, that confidence comes through. Love it. And believe me, that's not arrogant. I always say I'm the most humble person I know. So we share share in confidence in many ways. Uh, Need, we're going to have our first game now and get, then we're going to get into more on attention uh, pays. Are, are you mentally prepared for this? I am ready. All right. It is truth and dare. Which one would you like first? Dare, of course. All right, dare. This is a game we call sing in the blank. We have it all of our games. And what we do is we actually bring people onto the field. We play a song lyric. And then when we stop the song lyric, they have to sing the song. All right. So you, Neen, have you ever sang on a podcast before? That would be no. This will be your first. All right. So let's <laughs> let's so let's let's see this confidence. And here I'm actually picking a band that's from Australia. All right. So that's where we're going with it. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. Finish that song lyric. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Hilarious. Can you name the band? Mm. ACDC. You got it. You shook me all night long from Australia. Perfect. The first person ever to nail ACDC on the show. Neen, how are you feeling? I feel amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Amazing. Beautiful. All right, Neen. So now it is time for the truth. You ready for this one? So we're, we're going from the singing now to I want to know, you've got the confidence, you've got to understand the attention, you got the system. What is still holding you back for more success? Capacity. And here's what capacity means to me. There are, I know I have 1,440 minutes in a day. <laughs> and I can maximize those minutes, but I still need more capacity. For me to achieve the greatness that I think that I've been put on this planet for, Jesse. I have capacity issues. There's only so many things I can do, no matter how many great team members I recruit, no matter how much I outsource. For me, the biggest challenge in my practice is capacity. Mm. Is is there a way that you're finding to overcome that? I think it's about 
what I call prioritizing my priorities. And so I've had to realize there is I there are some projects that I can start, give out, and then I have to finish. Or I can get someone else to start and then I have to finalize and approve. So I've had to look across what I want to achieve, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And then I've had to realize what's the priority of those things. Because for me, and every entrepreneur listening to this knows you could spend all day marketing. You could spend all day on social media. You could all spend all day on business development. You could spend all day on writing proposals. Mm. There are so many activities. We have to understand what's going to give us the highest ROA. And mm. for me, ROA is return on attention. Mm. As an entrepreneur, you, you can't manage time. Time's going to happen whether you like it or not. Mm. But you can manage your attention. So it's really thinking about what needs my attention and prioritizing that and then also allocating attention to set up things my team can help me with, right? So there's no point in me learning how to update a website because that's not what I'm gifted at by any means, Mm. but I have an awesome person who does it. I'm not the best graphic designer, nor do I have a desire to learn software, so I have someone who does that. It's learning as entrepreneurs, what are you really great at? Do that and outsource the rest. Love it. Be the best at it. And I think you said we don't have a time management crisis. We have an attention crisis. We're paying attention to the wrong things and the wrong people. And and you said, if it's not a yes, it's a no. So you got to stay out of the middle. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very intrigued in how you've been able to do this because I think decision-making and paying attention to the right things is such a challenge, Neen. It is. And just for the record, I am a work in progress, right? <laughs> so just because I talk about this stuff doesn't mean I've mastered this stuff. And that's really important for people to understand. Yeah. I think what happens is, you know, you may remember that Malcolm Gladwell quoted a study in one of his books called The Tipping Point, where he talks about that we need 10,000 hours in something. It wasn't his original thought. It was based on a, uh, on a research paper that he read. But there's a lot of, um, I think that's really important in that some of us have 10,000 hours in different topics. For me, it's 10,000 hours in the area of attention. So I notice things differently. I'm passionate about it. And one of the things I became obsessed with early in my career was what did I need to say no to so I could say yes to what really mattered? Mm. Because I think what happens as entrepreneurs, and I'm guilty of this, please understand, but there's so many things we want to do. There's so many things we have to do. There's so many things we feel like we want to do. And there's so many things people want us to do that we say yes to too many things. And then we're exhausted. Mm. And I think many entrepreneurs live in this place of exhaustion where they're working really hard to create a lifestyle for people that they love. But the people that they love get the leftovers because they're working so hard in their business. And so we need to learn that there are some things we just can't go to every event. We can't attend every program. We can't leverage every marketing opportunity. There are some things we just have to say no to. hundred percent. And I think one of my favorite quotes is distractions are the enemy of greatness. And yes. it sounds like you are in the process of constantly eliminating distractions and the concept of the book. And I haven't read it yet. It's coming out so, so shortly, but attention pays. It sounds like it is costing us money when we are not paying attention to the right things. Is that part of the concept? Can you explain how these distractions are hurting us? You bet. So think about, there's a study that came out from the Information Overload Group that shared that in U.S. businesses, we lose $588 billion every year because we're distracted. Not to mention that nine people die every day because of distracted driving. Let's not even talk about the divorce rates. Let's not talk about some of the horrible suicide rates. Let's not talk about some of the incredible bullying that's happening. When we aren't paying attention, there are real costs. When we stop paying attention to our customers, 
they leave. When we stop paying attention to our team, they leave and go and find another job. When we stop paying attention to the people that we care about in our home, they find someone else who will care for them. And we have to really seriously think about not paying attention has massive, massive costs, not just financially, spiritually, physically, relationally. There are so many things where we need to stop and realize that. See, here's the thing, Jesse. We don't need lots of attention. We don't even need this to be the center of everybody's attention. We just need to be the center of somebody's attention. Mm. And so you've got to know who your somebody is. <laughs> There's easy follow-ups there. Well, how do you know somebody? I mean, is this part of your book that you're sharing really how to find the right people to pay attention to? We find in the book, we created what's called the attention pays framework. And I believe that we pay attention three ways, Jesse. We pay attention personally. That is about being thoughtful and who deserves your attention. Mm -hmm. We pay attention professionally. That's about being productive and what deserves your attention. And we pay attention globally, which is about being responsible and really being a contributor. And that's about how we pay attention in the world, personally, professionally, and globally. And the book unpacks hundreds of strategies to allow you to truly pay attention with what I call intentional attention. It's about the choices we make and the actions we take. I love it. I love it. All right, Nina, I want to do on that a little bit because we're talking about and professionally, and I'm guessing that goes into also, you know, profitability and the strength of your business. So I want to have a little debatable with you. All right, because I have balanced this challenge for a while. And one of my good friends, Mike Michalowicz, wrote the book Profit First, um, which has taken off about really focusing on profit. And you've talked about paying attention to profitability. I've started focusing a lot more talking about impact as opposed to talking about profit. How do you balance it? Do you focus on profit or impact? What's your balance? For me, the biggest indicator of how I'm adding value to the audience that I'm serving, whether it's an executive that I'm working with one-on-one or an audience, I'm going to understand whether I've added value if they are personally being more productive, if their relationships are stronger, and if their company is making more money. So my measurements are through their success. Now, for me, I measure my own practice with a number of different metrics. I do believe in measuring everything. I remember Jeffrey Shaw said that on your show. He measures everything. He has numbers for everything. And so in my business, I track every single month three numbers, banked, sold, and delivered. Now, that means banked is my cash flow. What did I put in my bank? Sold is how much of the business development converted to signed contracts, not promises, not holds in my calendar, but actual signed contracts. And then delivered is what did I deliver, meaning was it a keynote, was it a um, one-hour workshop with a client, was it a 90-day executive program that I do. So I track bank sold and delivered. I think it's important as entrepreneurs to track the numbers, right? And I look at my QuickBooks on a very, very regular basis. But the other thing that I track is... How many days off am I having? How much vacation time have I planned? How many people did I reach out to this week? And so I have very specific goals and I list them under basically five areas, spiritual, relational, physical, financial, and educational. So those five areas, again, spiritual, relational, physical, financial, and educational. Mm -hmm. And so I have goals that I'm working on that are always in my line of sight to make sure they are going to balance the numbers. Because if we just focus on the numbers, it doesn't always make us the 
coolest human to hang around, but it might put a lot of money in our bank account. But as entrepreneurs, what people are doing is they're buying from you, you the personality, you the experience they have. Mm. And so I think we're more than the numbers. You know, I love this. You have so many systems and it's it's fascinating, all these systems, but you know, just getting to know you and just seeing your energy and, and hearing how much you're loving life. I'm just intrigued, you know, what's exciting you most these days? Like, what are you just absolutely loving? It's, it's part to all these systems. It just sounds like you have a passion and a zest for life. So I'm just intrigued getting to know you, Nina, a little bit. What are you loving these days? Okay, so for me, take the business stuff out of it, right? The new book coming out is exciting. I am absolutely still madly in love with my husband. He's like the whole center of my universe. And so we've been married 29 years this year. I mean, that's like, I've been married like my entire life. That's I pretty much don't remember life before being married. Um. <laughs> And I also love there is, um, if anyone follows me on Instagram, they will know that I'm a little bit obsessed with my Peloton. Now, Peloton is literally a bike that goes nowhere, Jesse. I mean, it's a piece of equipment in my house. Like, yeah. seriously, it's an exercise bike. And who'd have thought, right? But I love it. And I love the challenge. And I love the way that I can de-stress on it. I love that the instructors are very thoughtful. I love the business model of Peloton. I love what they stand for. So that helps me keep the energy up as well, right? So I love that side of it. And look, I was a person who used to hate exercising. Let's be very clear (laughs) about that. Um, But then I kind of found running and then I found Peloton. And so I'm really, really loving that. But I also love the fact that I get to run a business that gives me a massive amount of choice. Yeah, I get to choose who I get to hang out with, where I get to hang out and what I get to do. And that's the mantra that you had read out that is really my personal mantra for my business is I do what I love with people I love in places I love. Mm. So I can't help but be energized by that, right? Because yeah. I choose my clients and I've got to a point in my practice where I don't have to take every client. I don't have to take every speech. I get to play with the people that I really love. And that's that's how I look at business. I really, it's just play for me. <laughs> well, I think that's so key. And that, that's what I think about. You know, I come to a ballpark every day and hang out with people I want to spend time with and think about crazy ideas to do in a ballpark that will just wow fans and every day just having the time of my life. And I feel like so many people don't have that and it it keeps people from being successful. So I'm just fascinated by you because you set up this whole system and it seems like you're just really just doing exactly what you love with the people you love and how you want to do it. It's just great to hear. But you're the same, right? You have a system of fans first, always, everything you do. And whether it's the fans in your home, Mm -hmm. whether it's like the people you share your life with, or maybe it's like furry people, listeners might have cats or dogs (laughs) or something, right? So we have fans, but we also have people who are really the cheerleaders for us. Mm. And I think it's important about making sure that you're giving them the attention and des- and that they need as well and that you step back and appreciate them that the only reason I can do what I do is because I have the most supportive husband in the world. Mm. I have the best friends who take care of me. I have a team that is incredibly supportive. I have phenomenal vendors who supply me with incredible quality work and I have clients I adore. Yeah. So you have to think about who are the cheerleaders in your life too and really reward them because they're fans of you and they want you to succeed. A hundred percent. And you know, you're surrounding yourself in a place of just full gratitude, just excitement and happiness and gratitude. I love it. All right. We're not going to go into love fest here. We're going to continue the business done differently show. <laughs> mean, it, 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 it is time for another game where you are actually going to become the host. It is called flip the script. So you are the host and you can ask me any question. Great. Starting now. Yes. What are three ways that listeners could apply the strategy of fans first in their business today? Oh, wow. That's the most detailed question. I've, usually it's like, what's with the yellow tux? I'm impressed right there. Three ways to do fans first 
today. The first thing that I always say is the mirror moment. So to step back and say, what frustrates your customers about your business? What frustrates your customers about the industry? Write those down. Because most people don't even realize that. We learned with the baseball industry, it was too long, slow, boring, and there wasn't enough excitement. And there was too much people getting nickel and dimed at the ballpark when they came in. So from there, the next step is create the best possible fan experience. Again, write that down. So we mapped it out. What would be the perfect experience? So we came up with all-inclusive tickets that include everything, burgers, hot dogs, chicken, soda, water, for just $15. So no one's nickel and dimed. We came up with nonstop entertainment, like our banana pep band and our banana nanas, our senior citizen dance team, and literally greeting people when they're coming in by parking penguins that are dressed up and make it a fun environment the whole step of the way. So map that perfect experience. And then the third thing is you got to map the, the final, the after effect. And I think that's really, really important. Once you get them attracted and get them into the experience, you got to figure out what are you doing after? And that's where I think what you're talking about, paying attention and the special gifts and showing the videos that you still care about them. When you map that journey those three ways, I think you can be very successful. So very detailed question, Neen. I'm impressed. I love it. So remove frustration, create fun, and make it last. Yes. They, look at you. Nailed it. Excellent. All right. Now I'm intrigued because I love, um, you know, if you want better question, better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. So what are some of the best questions that you're asking people these days? Who deserves your attention? Ooh. What deserves your attention? And how are you paying attention in the world? What are the when you ask who deserves your attention? What do you usually get for answers? You know, often people say, you know, if I say to someone, who, you know, what really matters to you? And most of the time, like ninety eight percent of the time, wherever I am in the world, no matter what country I'm in, no matter what audience I'm serving, people's number one response is family. Mm -hmm. And my question back to them is, if that's true, why does your family get the leftovers. Yes. And I think as entrepreneurs, this is something that we've alluded to earlier. I think what we're so busy doing is building our business, building our practice, building our skill set, you know, building the clients, doing business development, that sometimes we forget who really helps us do that. And so I think of the who piece in the book as kind of concentric circles. So I think that at the, the closest circle is really your most intimate circle. And that's your family often, right? And it, maybe it's your best friend, but that intimate circle. And then the next circle out is kind of that immediate circle. So that could be immediate family and extended family and the people that are closest to you, right? And then often the next circle out is your colleagues. Who do you get to serve with in the workplace or in your business? And then the last circle is your community and it could be your church, your temple, your alumni, you know. And so when you think about who deserves your attention, when your time starved, I want you to go to the closest circle. When you only have a really small amount of time, I want you to think about the people who really need it the most. And sometimes that's the people who are closest to us. Mm, that's brilliant. And I think that's such a great question because who deserves your attention? They have an answer. Well, then look at their schedule. Look at their calendar. And you said, eh, that doesn't look congruent with what you're saying. Because yeah, you're right. I can, Sorry, go on. No, I can tell everything that is important to you by looking at your calendar. <laughs> yes. 100%. And one more thing on that note, I think a lot of people, they may say family, and then they may say our customers. I, I always say this, I say, you know, love your customers more than you love your product, but love your employees more than you love your customers. I look at our staff of 20 millennials, I need to spend my most time in our business with them, teaching them, learning them, helping them develop, and then the customers will be taken care of. It's what comes mm -hmm. first. And I think a lot of people may think always it's the customers. Well, if you don't have people to take care of them, and they're trained properly, it doesn't matter. 
So I just think that's yeah, interesting too. I think millennials get a bad rap too. You know, 100%. I often hear people being accusing them of not paying attention, and it's not true. It's just that they pay a different they pay a different kind of attention. I was just blogging about this the other day, and one of the articles got picked up by MeetingsNet because they were saying. You know, I believe that the millennials have a different way of paying attention than, say, baby boomers or maybe even veterans' generation or my generation. So Gen Xs pay different kinds of attention. But I think what happens is they have grown up in a society, just so you know this, where they've always been attached to uh, uh, technology yeah. and uh, instant information and instant gratification. And I think they get judged wrongly for the way they pay attention and I think we can learn an enormous amount from them in the same way that we have responsibilities if we are older than millennials Mm -hmm. we have a responsibility to role model a different kind of attention and so when you think about attentiveness it doesn't matter what generation you're from it's Mm -hmm. just about knowing how you show up in the world and what's a better way to pay attention Mm -hmm. based on how you can stand in service of the person you're in front of I love that I love that beautiful well let's bang through these last few segments here uh Tool time. What is the most important tool you have in your business toolbox? You know, it sounds a little silly, but it would definitely be my cell phone because that's the easiest way for me to stay connected to my clients, my family, you know, to business. So I think probably my cell phone would be the, the primary thing. Um, and then there's, you know, a bazillion apps and things like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the cell phone has all of those. Excellent. Now, now that's what I call service, Neen. And obviously, we are both in the service industry in different ways. I would love to know how you're the best kind of customer service experience that you either had. I know the peanut butter and jelly you've provided, but one that really stands out where someone was paying attention to you. One of the one of my clients is the Four Seasons, and uh, they used to have a beautiful property in Philadelphia. They're in the process of a rebuild, which will launch next year. I'm very excited about that. But I went and had lunch with the head of catering uh, because they wanted me to do some work with some uh, particular event. And so when I sat down to have lunch at the beautiful Four Seasons Lunch Restaurant, I opened the menu. They had customized the menu with my logo, with the shoe logo that I put on my personal stationery. It was in pink and purple, and they highlighted my favorite foods. Love it. Blew my mind. Now, we were joking about this because obviously I talk about attention and it blew my mind. But what was very clever was the catering director very simply said, oh, I just had one on the team kind of whip it up. And so it made me think about what are all those things we do and give our clients all the time. Restaurants give their clients a menu, right? Mm-hmm. We were at a beautiful restaurant in Hawaii once. My husband and I had told them that it was our 25th, it was our something anniversary. I can't remember which one. And so on the top of our menu, they had printed happy anniversary mm. on our menu and apparently they're famous for doing this level of customization because they just have to print it out on a computer and slide it into the beautiful binder. And so I thought to myself, what are all the touch points we have, Jesse, where we give our customers things, whether it's emails or videos or tickets or brochures, how can we customize it more? So that level of customization, I think, really extends our Mm. service level. It doesn't have to be expensive but it can be systemized. I love it. I think the key too also, give yourself and give these companies permission to do things for you in the sense that I get so excited when someone emails us or says it's going to be their first Savannah Bananas game. When I do that, I light up. I'm like, you're going to have the best first experience you've ever had because we yeah. knew because we knew it. And I think a lot of times, don't be afraid to say it's our anniversary, or it's our birthday or whatever and see what they do and it's an experience. And a lot of companies, 
don't do anything. I mean, I told hotels this is a special occasion and they didn't even acknowledge it. So that that shows a lot as well. So excellent. All right, I want to move into the favorites and then the final four. We'll bang through lightning round of the favorites. What's the favorite okay. p- favorite part of your morning routine? My workout. On the stationary bike. Uh, yeah, or strength training. I have a personal trainer and she I FaceTime with her sometimes and then she gives me these horrendous workouts to do <laughs> when I'm not with her, which like she I'm sure she's trying to kill me. Um but yeah, so Jennifer Jacobs is her name, the J method, and so it's either that, it's either Peloton or her. Oh, I love it. All right, what about favorite way to unwind at the end of the day? Ooh. Favorite way to unwind. Champagne. <laughs> yeah, if that was a choice every day, I'll be the size of a house. But that would be my favorite way if no calories were involved. Yes. <laughs> okay, we'll work with that. Now, favorite book that stands out. This is tough because I know we're readers. What's a favorite book that stands out recently? Oh, gosh. I have so many books that I absolutely love. Still to this day, one of my uh, favorite books is The Five Love Languages, mm. which talks about how we communicate love. And it, even if you like aren't in love at the moment, it's a really great read. Oh, that's great. Excellent. Favorite band or musician? Oh, that's so hard. Oh my gosh. From what era of my life? Good gracious. Any, my honey always says it's anything ending in Y. Like, um, (laughs) this sounds so ridiculous, but anything pop music pretty much is me. So like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not answering. Oh, yo, you're Um, definitely, you're you're definitely answering. What are some of these pop groups you love, Neen? won't even know them um like ricky martin i love him like i'm an 80s girl like through and through an 80s girl um ricky kylie uh my playlist is very eclectic i think and then i love people like bb king and i love you know the late bb king so my my music is very bizarre (laughs) no i I think most most people combine bb king and ricky martin that's that's typical (laughs) (laughs) i love it all right last two favorites because i'm so confused at this point all right favorite favorite restaurant (gasps) favorite restaurant is a little tiny place called the golden pheasant it's an inn and it's on river road in the beautiful bucks county and it's owned by this family and they have the most incredible farm to table experience every time i go there they always are so excited to see us give us a beautiful table the experience is always phenomenal definitely the golden pheasant inn all right. And now favorite magic moment, a moment that stands out for you that you won't forget. Favorite magic moment when my husband proposed to me on the beach. Oh, yes. You, you probably remember it vividly. Yes. I was like 19 years old. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's why 29 years now, right? Yep. Uh, impressive. Outstanding. All right, Neen. Now to our final four. Here we are right at the end. What have you done to stand out in business and in life? Pay attention. Pay attention to people and listen with your eyes. And then pay attention personally and make people feel like they're the most important person that they've that you've ever been with in that moment. Because if we all take just one minute to take one moment to pay attention to that one person, we could create a memory that lasts a lifetime. Mm, I love listen with your eyes. I love that. Now, this may be a little challenge, same format here, but what would the best advice you would give to someone to stand out in business and in life? be themselves and be the best version of you so that people, they want to do business with you, the individual, the personality, everything about you that is amazing. Be that best version. Oh, outstanding. Final two here. Best advice you've ever received. Best advice I've ever received. 
it's going to be the same thing. I was once told that like everyone told me I needed voice coaching because I was going to be like a speaker. Right. And then my mentor said, uh, just be you, just keep your voice. It's unique to you. Don't change your voice. So that's probably one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. Don't change your voice. Excellent. And finally, Neen, how do you want to be remembered? As someone who made everyone feel like they were the most important person I'd ever been with in that moment. Well, you have done that today, Neen. I definitely, it's crazy. I knew we would have a lot of fun, but you have done that today. And I know the listeners will feel the same way. Neen, thank you so much for being a part of Business Done Differently. The new book, Attention Pays. Where else can people connect and learn from you? Social media is the easiest way. There's only one Neen James online. There's only one NeenJames.com and there's only one Neen James on social media. So if you go to N-E-E-N-J-M-E-S.com, you'll find everything there. And Jesse, thank you for everything you're doing in the world. I love that you are helping spread this message about paying attention to our fans and the experience we create. Thank you for what you're doing in the world. I'm so glad that Joey Coleman connected us. <laughs> Definitely. You are an absolute rock star, Neen. I know the book's going to be successful. I look forward to staying in touch and connecting with you. Thanks again for everything. My pleasure. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Business Done Differently. Our goal is simple, to inspire you to think different, have fun, and stand out in business and in life. For more ways you can stand out in your business, visit findyouryellowtux.com and you can get the Yellow Tux Handbook for free with the six steps to stand out directly from the Find Your Yellow Tux book. Finally, a big shout out to Podcast Pilot for producing the show and making all the magic happen. For questions, ideas, and feedback, I'd love to hear from you. So shoot a note to jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out. Thank you.